0: Hey everybody, what is going on? It is Jason, you know, from the Board Game Mechanics. Usually, Katie does this bit up here at the top, but as you can hear, she's not here today. We initially were not going to do an episode today, but I said, you know what, I got some time. I got a topic. I want to talk about the topic. So, that's what I want to do. But I will talk about some games that I played as well. Me and Katie both played these games. And then I'll just get into the topic. So, without further ado, let's talk about... The games that we played. Alright, so we had a game day with our friend Chris and his wife Amy. And we played, we actually played three games at this game night. Usually we end up playing one because they just take a a while. But we played three shorter games today and that's what I'm going to talk about. Well, not today. We played them last week. So you you get what I'm saying. So the first game we're going to talk about is a love letter variant, effectively. And it is called Infinity Gauntlet. A love letter game or something like that—is that what it's called? Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet, a love letter game. So this is the Marvel 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 learn how to talk the Marvel version of an of love letter where everybody is playing as a superhero in the Marvel universe, and one person in the group is playing as Thanos. The superheroes are trying to kill Thanos. Thanos is either trying to kill the superheroes or collect all of the Infinity Stones to win the game. Uh, so it plays similar to Love Letter. Um, you're going to draw a card. play it. You have a card in your hand. You're going to draw a card. You're always going to have two cards to pick from. Play a card. But there's some new actions. Uh, you can try to get guess cards in Thanos' hand. And if you guess correctly, you hit him. You're trying to knock his health down. Or you can also fight Thanos. And what happens there is I'm going to pick a card. And um, if I initiate the fight, I'm going to randomly pick a card from Thanos. You may have a plus two power token that you can use, which adds two to the value of that card. And then you're going to secretly reveal whoever wins. Uh, the other player discards a card and loses a health. The person that won keeps their card. And that's it. You're just trying to play like that for a while until one of the sides wins and the other one loses. That's it. Fun game. Uh, I like Love Letter. I like all variations of Love Letter, pretty much. I uh, We have the Princess, Princess Ever After one. We have Batman, which is amazing. And we have a couple versions of the regular one, the deluxe and regular. And they're all good in their own. This one's a little interesting because it's kind of like an all-versus-one game, and that's entertaining. So, yeah, Infinity Gauntlet, a love letter game, game number one. Game number two is a game that's kind of similar to Machi Koro or Space Base in the way that you get resources and actions, and that game is called My Farm Shop. And this is a game where you're running a farm shop. You're trying to uh, collect different resources to sell those resources back, for money, which is points in the game. And that's what you're trying to do. So you're setting up market stalls. You're converting resources into other things. You're getting sunflowers, which makes production better on some of the spaces. And the way that it works is on whoever's turn it is, you're going to roll three dice. Uh, the player whose turn it is is going to pick one of those dice, D6s, and pick one of the faces. And they're going to get a card from the central board, which is going to give them a special. It's going to upgrade their player board effectively in the same way that like, Space Base would wear I have two, th- two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve spaces on my board. And I can take a card from the center board and put it on one of those spaces to, when I roll that number, get that ability. Uh, so you get to do that. And then everybody, including the player whose turn it is, gets to use the other two dice to activate their board and get the stuff. If you have these little sacks, like burlap sacks, you can use those to adjust the value up or down one for every bag that you use. There are some other special abilities you can use with that are out by the central board that let you, you know, if, if a 4 was rolled, but I wanted to use the 9 below it, I could trade in one of these tokens and do that if I want to. It was a really fun little game. It's super easy to teach, played quickly, and if you played Machi Koro or Space Base, you are halfway there. And it looks really nice, has nice art and all that kind of thing, which Katie likes. I don't really care, but Katie likes it, so I thought I would mention it. So that is game number two, My Farm shop. Alright, game number three, and probably the favorite of mine at game night, was a game called Hansa. And this is a game designed by Michael Schacht, published by Uberplay. And I remember that because I did a video on this one, and it just stuck in my head because it's everything that I love in a game. Beige, tan, tracks, royals, cubes, nobles, all that stuff. This has everything. Could use a little more tracks, it doesn't really have a ton of tracks, but I'll let that slide because it has a lot of the other stuff. And effectively what you're doing in this game is you are merchants traveling around in this shared boat. We tried to figure out why that's, why that's there and what the, the theme behind it means, but I don't know. We couldn't figure it out. Either way, you're merchants, you're sharing a boat, and you are trying to get to these different locations to buy goods, set up market stalls so you can then sell goods. And the point of the game is you're trying to sell the most goods for the most points. There's a bunch of different colors of goods, and the goods have one, two, or three barrels, And when you sell a good, for every good you sell, it's one point plus the number of barrels on that good. So you're trying to do that. The interesting thing here is you can't sell a color of barrels until you have two of it. So if I go to a marketplace and I have two pink, two blue, two green, I can sell all of those because I have at least two. Then I take one of my market stall discs away, and then any other player that has a disc of that color in front of them has to get rid of it for tax purposes. So like supply and demand. I just flooded the market. Now your goods are not as valuable. So you got to get rid of it. This is a great game. Um, It's everything that I like. It's mustard-colored, tan beige. It's old. It's a crusty Euro. But it plays really quickly and easy to learn. Two pages, or the rulebook's a total of four pages, I think. Easy to teach, and it's just fun. And that's what games are all about. I like just having fun with some games. So my favorite game of the night. I'm not going to go into it too much more because we also have a video of it. And that is called Hansa. So those are the games played. Let's get down to the feature that I'm super, super, super Excited about. All right, so a while back, we were in the process of doing a bunch of videos about publishers, but in the middle of that, I came up with a topic that I wanted to discuss, and I don't know how keen Katie is on this topic, so I just figured I'd get this out of the way. So, the topic that I want to talk about is: I want to talk about games that have weird in-game mechanisms or triggers or conditions. Now, what that means is. Say, for example, in order to uh, get points in this game, you have to be up a track so far. In order, or someone spends the most money in something, you automatically lose. Or if you don't contribute enough stuff, you automatically lose. Or if I have too much corruption, I get eaten by an alligator. That game will come up later. So just funky things that happen at the end of the game that you spent this whole entire game Taking actions, striving for um, the most points possible, but you neglected the thing that you needed to focus on, and now all of that was for naught. So that's kind of what I want to talk about here. So when I'm talking about the games, maybe that'll you know maybe they'll help help you understand what I mean by listening to how some of these games work. All right. So number five on this list, I have a top five, and then I have a few honorable mentions that I haven't played or they don't quite fit in the category as I was intending. So number five. a game that we backed on kickstarter from game brewer and this game is called gu gong now the reason this one made the list is this is effectively a worker placement game with cards you're going to a space putting cards down taking actions and all that kind of thing getting points but there's a a space on this board where you're trying to move up these stairs of an emperor's palace and if you don't get up to a certain point on these steps by the end of the game i think you might have to make it all the way to the top you can't win so you could have the most points doesn't matter because you didn't make it to the top of the steps. So the whole time you're trying to get these points from these other areas, you are also making sure that you focus on the Emperor's Palace because it's very important and can cause you to not win the game if you don't make it to the top. So it's just one of those things where you, everybody can do their own path, but you can never really overlook this one thing because this one thing is, could keep you from winning the game. And that's kind of what this list is about, that kind of mechanism. So that's the first game, number five, Gugong. Number four is a game that I don't know how many people have heard of. It doesn't matter. It's from the great, great northern games, I believe. And the game is called Council of Blackthorn. So what happens in this game is this is effectively a card game. where you are using these cards to move up on these tracks. And then based on other tracks that you're on... It may let you build these buildings and trigger some special abilities. It's kind of a card game with a board. And you're, the farther you move on these tracks, the more points you're going to get. And the game's going to end when someone gets to... Or all the tracks have someone at the end or three of the tracks or something like that. But the interesting thing about this game is during the game, you can get something called... Uh, what is it? Treason. They're treason cards. They look like little jars of poison. During the game, they don't really matter. You can get as much of them as you want. But at the end of the game, whoever has the most treason cards gets beheaded by the king and you could have the most points you're not going to win so treason kind of the best actions are going to give you some treason usually that's how it goes so you're trying to figure out how you can get rid of this treason and every time you give away treason which is interesting you have to shuffle it and give it away random and they value zero one two and three so i could have a whole handful of zero treason which people think i have a lot but i have zero but you know if i have a one two and five threes and i go randomly and i try to give away one of those i could give away a one i don't know so that's just it's even more interesting that way because it's some of the fate of how the game works is out of your hands because it's random and i like that so this is another one of those where you got to kind of keep an eye on that you want to make sure that you are kind of looking at the piles of treason cards that people have so that you're not you don't have more than them but again you don't know what they have because they could have all zeros so you never really know but it's just it's just fun it's one of those things that man I'm doing so well, but I have 52 treason cards, and I'm probably going to lose, but it's okay. I'm just going to keep pushing on. Maybe someone will do worse. Just fun. It's enjoyable, and I like that. So number four, Council of Blackthorn. If I said number two earlier, I apologize. It's number four. Number three is a game that we just got in trade. Played it a few times at uh, two, and I played it at four twice. There's also a video on this. There's videos of Council of Blackthorn and this one. I haven't done a video for Gugong yet, I don't believe. And number three is a game called Livingston. And this is a game, it's a really simple game. What you're doing is you are, at the beginning of the game, you're going to roll a pile of dice based on the number of players. And then each player is going to take one of those dice and they're going to do an action. The actions are setting up camp to score points for like an area majority thing. Um, reaching into a gym bag to collect gyms to earn money. Just taking money. Uh, you can get a card from the stack and there's one more action that I can't remember. Uh, and then if it comes back to you again, and there's a die that's higher than the one you took previously, you could draft that one and take another turn. So it's kind of like a push your luck on, do I need a high number? I might only get one turn, but if I take a low number, I can get another turn, but my first turn's not going to be good. So that's the, the way the game plays. But the interesting thing about this one is throughout the course of this, you're also trying to donate money to the queen, like taxes to the queen or something like that. It's a free action. You don't have to, it doesn't matter what dice you take or any of that. It's a free action. And you say... Uh, donating to the queen or for the queen or something like that, and you're going to take some kind of money or no money, and you're going to put it in this little treasure chest that you have that no one knows. Can't see it. You can look in it, I believe. But no one else knows what you, what you have in there. No one knows if you put any money in there. And at the end of this game, whoever donates the least amount of money to the queen automatically loses. So it's another one of those things that I really enjoy. You could be killing it during the game. You could have 100 points. I could have 50. But I spent a lot of my time donating to the queen, and you did not, so you automatically lose. I love that. It, it just—it's one of those like great equalizer things where, like, yes, you're I'm, you're playing better than me, but it's also because you have a lot more money than me because you're not donating to the queen. I'm struggling with my money. I'm doing the best that I can. The queen's happy, so I don't have as many points, but that's going to reward me at the end. And I, I don't know. I really enjoy that. So number three, Livingston or Livingstone, if you want to call it that, but it's about Doctor Livingston, the explorer or whatever. Number two is a game that we haven't actually played that many times. We do have a video on our channel, and it is called Venice, and this is from Brain Crack Games. And the reason this one's on here, this is basically a pick-up-and-deliver game. That, that's how the game works, pick-up-and-deliver. But there's an interesting track on your player board called Intrigue, I think is what it is, or something like that. It's a, it's Intrigue, Treason, some, some kind of track like that. And as you take certain actions throughout the game, your Intrigue track may go up. And at the end of the game, whoever has the highest intrigue gets arrested out of the game. So you're trying to manage that to the best you can. Some of the actions you can't even stop because if two ships meet up, it causes some intrigue. And you can just be sitting there and people come to you and you get some intrigue and all that kind of stuff. So you're trying to figure out ways to to complete contracts to make that stuff go down, go take actions to make that stuff go down and just get rid of as much intrigue as you can because you're going to get it. You need to get it. But you don't want to get too much because, again, just like all these other games, except for Gugong, you're going to lose. So pick up and deliver with a cool uh, balancing mechanism that makes it really difficult. And had I not, uh, in one of the games we played, I would have won. Had I not been too treasonous or full of intrigue, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So number two, Venice, another great example of this mechanism that i'm talking about now number one i alluded to in the overview of what this is about and is the game that kind of sparked this whole um idea for me of a topic and it is called cleopatra and the society of architects so this one functions similarly to council of blackthorn where you're going out going throughout the game playing cards trying to build up the temple of cleopatra bunch of different things you can build for her, her temple Uh, And you're trying to just be as efficient as you can. The interesting thing is some of the better cards give you something called corruption. And corruption goes in this little pyramid. At the end of the game, whoever has the most corruption gets fed to the crocodile and you die. If multiple people have the same amount, they both get fed. So multiple people can die in this one and that's rough. Um, But in this one, there's ways that you can bid. There's certain times on the point where every time you build something, you're going to roll these dice that have some onks on them. When all the onks come up, we're going to do like a bidding. Whoever bids the most money gets to get rid of so many corruption, I can't remember the number, but everybody else gets corruption, which is terrible. So sometimes you just lose an auction and you get corruption. Sometimes, um, yeah, it just doesn't work in your favor. But you can. You can take all actions in this game where you don't take corruption, but then even if you don't win that auction, you're going to get some corruption. So you're not going to have a lot. You're probably not going to have the most. But, again, if you're not taking the actions that are giving you corruption you're probably not going to be doing very well in the game because those cards are better those cards give you more resources to use when you're building they give you better powers they let you take cards out of the discard pile they're just better cards which is why they give you corruption so it's one of those things like yeah I may be doing all this stuff in the game getting way better actions way better buildings but I have all this corruption and I'm going to die where someone else could just be, you know, nickel and in it, doing what they can. They don't have any corruption. They're the only one left alive, so they win. Just like I said earlier, the great equalizer, and I think it's a fantastic mechanism and definitely one that I want to see in more games for sure. So that's number one. Now, that's five games that have weird in-game mechanisms. All, most of them are have too much of something or not enough, you lose the game. One is you don't do this thing, you lose the game. Now, there are some honorable mentions Two of these I haven't played. The other ones I have played, but I didn't think they kind of met the... They're not a win-or-lose type of ending. They're just... Um, you lose a bunch of points. And you'll I'll explain that when I get there. But the two that I haven't played are High Society and QE. And I believe, from what I've done in research, that those games are... Whoever spends the most money automatically loses. So they're like auction games where you can... In QE, you can bid however much you want. But if you bid the most money, you lose. And in high society, you're trying to not, you can't bid as much as you want. You have like limits, but whoever spends the most money to get art loses. Uh, So those will fit in perfectly. One of those might've made the list had I played those games, but I haven't played them. But I wanted to talk about them because they're, they fit in the theme that I'm talking about here. All right. So the next two that I wanted to talk about have kind of a similar do this or you lose mechanism, but they're not exactly the same. So let's talk about what I'm talking about. Clank in any form. Okay, And the hunger. Now, the mechanism that I'm talking about here is, at a, at a certain point, if you don't get above ground in Clank or out of a certain point in the spaceship if you're playing space, you don't get any points and you die. So you're trying to, if someone gets out before a bunch of your cubes, if someone gets out of the the temple or out of the spaceship, wherever you're, whatever board you're playing in, and they have all their points scored, you need to make sure that you're getting above ground before the dragon or monkey or... Spaceship, whatever attacks you, and you die underground. Because if you die underground, all the points that you gained, all the artifacts you collected, no points. So that kind of fits the theme, but it's it's a little bit more flexible. So I left it off the list because it's kind of easy to get out from underground as long as you're not going down a you know super far trying to get there. But you know, I just wanted to mention it. And hunger, same way, you got to get back to the castle before the sun goes up. If you can do that, uh, you win, or you don't die, I guess. So same thing. It's easy to get back to, well not easy, but you can make it so you're never really far away from the castle so you can get back. So it's not a ba- it's not a random thing. You have some control over what's happening here whereas in the other ones someone's going to die. But you may you could get through a game of Clank and the Hunger without anybody not scoring any points. So that's kind of why I didn't put them on the list. Now, next are a few games that we have played that are a different mechanism but they just basically cause you to lose points. That doesn't necessarily re- re- result in you losing the game. So those games are Lords of Waterdeep. If you're using the Corruption expansion. Um, so when you're using that expansion. You can go to a separate section of the board. And you can collect these skulls. The more skulls you have. The more points they're going to be worth negative, And the more points you're going to lose at the end of the game. That's not necessarily going to cause you to lose the game. But if you have a bunch of skulls. And all the skulls are off that board you're probably going to lose. But it's not necessarily I have a bunch of skulls I automatically lose like some of these other ones. It's just going to make you lose a bunch of points, possibly making it harder for you to win, which is why I didn't really make the list. Next, along those similar lines, is a game called London by Martin Wallace. And at the end of the game, the person who has the least amount of poverty gets to get rid of theirs, and everybody else is going to lose some points based on how many cubes they have left. So, you know, for example, if I have five and I have the least, and everybody else has 15, they're all going to have 10 left. And then you're going to lose points based on the number of poverty cubes you have left. Again, not necessarily going to cause you to lose the game, but not going to make it easy for you to win because you're losing a bunch of points, and that never bodes well. In the last game, the game could actually make the list, but there's a reason why it didn't. And that game is called Unicorn Fever. So in this game, it's all like a, a unicorn racing game. That's kind of what it is. So I'm not going to go into super details. There's a video on our channel. You can check it out. And what happens in this game is eventually you're going to run out of money to bet and take actions. And you're going to have to take out a loan. Now, the rule book clearly says if you take out a loan, you automatically can't win the game. Unless everyone else takes out a loan. And then it's whoever takes out the least amount of loans. If everybody has loans, then if everybody has loans, but except for one person, that person automatically wins. So it's kind of a similar mechanism where, you know, if I have too much of something, I automatically lose. But because that caveat is in there, where if everyone has a loan, whoever has the least amount of loans, I didn't think that that counted because, you know, it's a little bit, again, a little bit more flexible. It gives you options where, you know, I can take out, I see that person has four loans. So as long as I don't take out four loans, I can still take out loans, do my actions, get a bunch of points, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's not. It, it doesn't quite fit the bill like these other five do. I don't believe, but I wanted to mention it because it does kind of do what I'm talking about. So that's uh, yeah, just a short episode to hold you over until we can come back next week because we're hanging out at Origins and just having a busy life this week. So we didn't have time for a full episode, and the kids are home from summer break, and that also makes it a little bit tougher. But I got like 20 minutes to myself, so I wanted to shoot do this episode, so um, you could have something to listen to and you know ease some of your tears. Since you know that, since you thought we were going to be gone this week, but jokes on you, we're here. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's it. Those are five of my favorite games with odd in game mechanisms and some games that we played. And I don't want to keep in the point. So I'm Jason with the Board Game Mechanics. And as always, keep gaming.